You've discovered TalkZone.com, the best in Internet talk radio. And welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber. Our guest today, Dr. John Townsend, who's written the book, Loving People, How to Love and Be Loved. So there seems to be a big deal. You know, people get ideas. I've had my share of these. And we... um, latch onto them and we don't let go to accept what reality is. You there? John? John? I'm sorry, Keith, I had the wrong um button push there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am I so much agree with the idea of not letting go having to do with reality because the sad thing about love is that you care so much about sometimes somebody sometimes that you have to help them to leave you if leaving is the right thing for them to do. Well, that's love, isn't it? Breaking, it really is. breaking your heart, but you're helping them to leave you because that's what's best for them. Right, because love is impossible without freedom. You can't love mm. someone if you're not free to not love them. That's very nice. And, and so if I try to control someone to say, to guiltify them to staying with me, like, don't you realize what you're doing to me, how much you're yeah. drawing me, then they're staying because they feel guilty, not because they're choosing me freely. So the highest and best form of love is to say, I, I want you and I, I value you, but if you have to give up freedom to be with me, I can't, I can't have you do that. Right. So Boy, that's maturity, isn't it? It is, it is one of the highest forms I can imagine. Yeah, truly. If, if you need to go to be happy, then please go and, and then our job is not to, be bummed about that forever, but to uh, accept it and move on. And somehow to grow from that. And yes. you know what I found also in relationships, and, and you guys have probably found this out too, is sometimes in a difficult connection, when one person stops nagging, stops clinging, stops uh, guiltifying and says, well then, I'm, I'll just accept reality. I'm not the one you want. There are those times when the other person all of a sudden begins to feel desire again because now there's yes. room. In that freedom, right. there's room for the desire. Yeah, that that's that behavior is so suffocating. All you want to do is get away. You're not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so um, wholesome loving, actually, if we learn to wholesomely love, which means you know what's in everyone's best interest, basically, that leads, I believe, to better health, a better life, and a longer life. Yeah, I, I think what you just stated, Keith, has has been so much validated in the research and the clinical data about relationships and life in particular is that those people who love well and, and, and as Charmaine said, love maturely, they have a longer life, they have a more emotionally mature life and healthy life. They also tend to make more money actually and have better careers yeah. and have less medical problems because yeah. love really does make a difference in the very war warp and woof and, and DNA of our, our existence with each other. Literally, love uh, is a balm to uh, the immune system. It really is. It's amazing that whole mind-body connection is amazing. Yes. So, you know, in a, as a person matures and grows spiritually, I, I think what actually happens is they simply love their their state of existence is loving and it really doesn't have much to do with what anyone else is doing it's almost like unconditional love yes it is they they have been so filled and connected 
that they have something to offer to all those who walk through their path. Right. So, and another thing about love is it involves spiritual and personal growth or maturity and character building. That's as much as you do spiritual and personal growth and or maturity and character building, your love naturally will grow. Yeah, I really can't see how people who don't have kind of a more transcendent picture of a bigger frame of reference in mind can really be as loving as, as possible because love requires that you sort of live at the 30,000 foot above sea level view of life, and that's where spirituality and, and growth come in. Well, that's like a, a certain level of behavior and consciousness. That's what you're saying? Absolutely. It's a perspective. Nice. And it doesn't uh, it doesn't sink down into the 15,000 foot level where so many other people are. It raises up and maintains the 30,000 and peaking further, and that brings just a better world around them. Yeah, because when you think about how people were designed to grow and connect and be spiritual, then then the most spiritual and loving person is really freeing others who are at the 15,000-foot level to come to where they were meant to be in the first place. Right. Whoever's ready to come uh, will help you. Yep. Come on up. The air's fine. (laughs) You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts helping humanity wake up one show at a time. Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today, Dr. John Townsend, who's the author of Loving People. You know, it's confusing a lot of times. Um, I, you know, women not understanding men, men not understanding women, etc. And like, let's say a woman will be upset and they, they're having all kinds of moods going on. And it's nothing to do with those moods or what they seem like they're doing. Actually, the source of the problem is a whole other thing. And if you're going to solve the problem, you can't chase after the symptoms. You've got to go after the source of the pain and source of the problem. You really do, Keith. And, and I think that's why the most loving people, whether they have a romantic relationship or not, the most loving people are the ones that do a habit I call checking in. And checking in, I mean... It's really simple, but it makes you look like Einstein in your relationship. <laughs> you know, all you do is just say, so how, how, are, how are we doing? How are, we, how are you and I doing? And a lot of times if a man can actually pull those words off, the, the woman will say, are you serious? You, mean you don't want to know the baseball scores? No, I want to know how we're doing. Well, here's how we're doing. Um, I feel like we don't spend enough time together, and I feel lonely sometimes. And there's some deep information that comes. When people actually take the time to check in, like you said, beyond the symptom level into how how are you and I doing at the very heart level. Right. Is it uh, is it usually good to try to go into a romantic mode when you have stuffed problems underneath? I think it's a really bad idea. And, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's really funny that you said that because I did an interview where there was an article in some magazine about this where they had kind of contrasting viewpoints. And one other person said, well, you ought to have sex anytime you have a fight because it really smooths things out. And then it said, well, the contrasting viewpoint is John who says you better solve the problem first and then have the sex. And I kind of felt like, gosh, I didn't want to raise any flags. But then people came out and said, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. How can you hurt each other and not you know, own things and say, I want to do better and let's go deeper. And then the sex comes later. 
Um, how, how can you like ignore those things and try to be the most vulnerable and, fr- and fragile person possible? Yeah, yeah. Sex isn't the cure-all band-aid. It is not the cure-all band-aid. No. Um, how valuable is gratefulness? Um, it is one of the the greatest gifts that you can give in a relationship. You know, there's something about living life as a humble person knowing that we're only really good and and successful because so many people have given to us and poured their lives into us and, and, you know, mentored us, sacrificed for us, put us first. And for you to say to that person in your life, I can't tell you how, how much I appreciate all you've done for me. It wakes them up inside. It warms them. It makes them feel like their experience has been, been a good thing, and it draws them closer into the connection. Right. So humbleness and gratefulness and, you know, honoring one another, it, it it's a really good direction to go. And, you know, gratefulness, I notice also in general, it as you're grateful, it uh, focuses on the best of everything. And when when you focus on the best of everything and internalize that, like you're having a nice dance and a song with the flowers, and, and the morning you know you're tired but you smell the air and it's such good air and you focus on the air, you know you you get that it comes to you stronger. Yeah, we 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 live in a world where there's so many good things coming toward us anyway that if we open our eyes up and like you said, if we open all five senses up to the good things coming our way. It kind of gets out, us out of the I'm not getting enough kind of mentality. Right. Nice. Um, some some couples are like exclusive, and you know their whole world goes into the couple, and they they don't have friends, and they don't have outside, you know, other other people to bounce off of, and and have part of their life lived through. How healthy do you think that is? Well, I think it can be a problem, and and. It's a problem in, uh, in dependency. You know, when we're born, there's only two people in the world to a baby. It's me and mom. And, and that's kind of the beginning of life. Mom is, is my life support system. And yeah, she yeah. provides survival and love and warmth and self-esteem and protection and good food and all that. But a lot, large parts of life are learning to become independent, interdependent, bring other people into my sphere, my father, my siblings, my schoolmates, my friends, ultimately my my other relationships in adult life, and and people that kind of become a closed system, it's just me and you, Yeah. Um, they tend to be kind, kind of become really kind of ingrown and, and and basically become afraid of the real world. And you know what I always find out when I'm working with couples who who have that, what you described, that kind of like it's just us? Yeah. That one of the, generally speaking, one of the people is pretty comfortable with that, but the other one is so miserable. Mm-hmm. And they don't have a voice for yeah. it. And what they want to say is, I'm tired of being your social conduit to the universe. Yeah. I would say most of the time that's unhealthy. I've seen a few times where it looks like it's really healthy, but most of the time I don't think it is. It's too codependent. Yeah. Um, let's see. You, I, I was very intrigued on page 162. You talked about going beyond just justice and fairness and, and live in grace or something. What, what's that about? Well, all of us have kind of a, inside of us an account schedule of debits and credits, and, and it goes like this. I'll be nice to you to the extent that you're nice to me. 
So I'll play fair if you play fair with me. And if you do five good things for me, I'll do five for you. And and that's a good that's a really good system if you're a three year old. <laughs> but if you want to ruin every adult relationship in your life, play fair. Because what'll happen is you'll find that relationships require that I be more than fair and give more than I would like to sometimes and that the other person give more than they'd like to sometimes and that's kind of the price of having a mature, as Charmaine said, a mature relationship. Right. And so what, the, what I was trying to say in, the, in, 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 the, in that chapter is you've got to give more than you'd like and then you receive more than you ever dreamed, but you've got to stop saying, I'll only be fair with you. I will be more than fair with you. Right. right. So, so you do your side of fairness and forget their side. You've got it. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts with sound answers to life's tough questions, Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today is Dr. John Townsend, who's written the book Loving People. By the way, where can they get the book, John? Um, at any bookstore, you know, Barnes & Noble, Borders, uh, Amazon, any of the basic outlets. Great. Again, the book is Loving People, great book. Um, what is the, um, or how big is the value of confessing? Oh, my goodness. You, you can hardly overestimate, Keith, how important that is. Because the word confession in the original, you know, Greek and Latin and the ancient languages actually means just to say the truth. So when you say the truth about who you are and you say, I, I messed up here or I have a, I did this and I want to own it and I want to take responsibility, what you're doing is you're bringing a three-dimensional view of yourself into that connection, and it makes you more whole and more substantive, and it makes the other person respond because they've got somebody to hang on to now. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Um, you know, a lot of times people begrudge forgiving others, and yet forgiveness frees us most of all. You know, that's one of those hidden secrets that a lot of people have just never seeking is that they think, well, if I forgive, then I'm letting some knucklehead off the hook. You know, they already ruined my life. Why should I also say, you know, I forgive them. Now they've got a double win. I've got a double loss. And and the, the, the reality is when I forgive somebody and say I'm canceling my debt against them and they don't owe me anything, mm-hmm. all of a sudden I don't have my transferences toward them. I don't have... Uh, you know, resentments and hurts and bitterness. I don't take an, uh, a, a different exit off the freeway, so I'll miss their house. <laughs> you know? I don't. I don't go to another side of the party where her friends are or his friends are because I want to avoid them. Yeah. It doesn't matter anymore because I've forgiven. So I, I'm the one that gets out of jail. Exactly. Right. So you, powerful. You give yourself your own get out of jail free card. <laughs> you get your own card. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, does romance actually sometime ruin relationships? Um, kind of like in the same way that too much pizza can ruin my stomach. <laughs> you know, the pizza's a great thing, but if I eat seven of them at night, every night, something's going to happen to me. And if I romance in the wrong place, if I romance when there's alienation and disaffection, when I, if I romance when I need to just be, you know, get something off my chest and admit something. When right. I when I romance, when someone's feeling vulnerable and feeling fragile, and and they need to have some time of healing and connection. If I'm romancing the wrong places, then I'm not 
operating as I was designed to operate, and, and things happen in relationships that shouldn't be. You know, it seems like a pretty popular thing I've heard throughout my life that we were great friends, and then the romance started, and it just ruined everything. Yeah. There really is a lot of truth to that, that sometimes um, we, we romanticize and otherwise very, very nurturing and healthy and uh, growth-producing relationship. Sometimes we call it, I work with singles a lot, sometimes singles call it the weirdness. Yeah. yeah the weirdness set in and it ruined everything. Yeah. Maybe it's just not meant to go there. Maybe it's not meant to go there. Yep. Okay, you're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts helping humanity wake up one show at a time. Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. Our guest is Dr. John Townsend. He has written the book, Loving People, How to Love and How to Be Loved. And we will finish up right after the break. Stay with us. <laughs> 